0: get out of here as early as we can. Uh, we do have a quorum. And so uh, at this juncture we will take attendance. Alder, Estrich, Alderman.
1: Alder Rummel? Alder. Alder Revere? Here. Alder
2: Wood? Here. Mayor Sullivan,
0: Here. Okay. We have an excused absence for Alderman Cheeks. And I'll assume that Alderwoman Estrich and uh, Alderman McKinney will be here shortly. So with that, we'll go through our usual procedure to take a few minutes to decide which items we wish to have um, separated out, and then we'll adopt our consent agenda. Uh, Obviously, the newly added item is at 28 will be separated out Twenty-eight. So, what other items would you folks like separated out? What's the item uh, on the um, short-term, long-term disability? Oh, that's not on yet. Is that next one? Okay. Okay. Um, all in all.
3: agenda up, but there was one about. The mental health MOU with Journey, I would like to pull that one up. 16.
0: Sixteen, thank you. And let me just say this is kind of awkward setting where I'm not able to look directly at both sides of the table. I'll have to keep swiveling my neck here uh, to, to find you all. And uh, Alderman Eskridge, we're just going through the process of pulling out items. Seventeen? Thank you. Uh, so we've got... Uh, 17. We have 16, 17, and the last item, which is 28. Any other items? Alderman Revere? Thank you, Mayor. I have questions and request separation on agenda items 9 and 23 and 24, which are related. Sure enough. All right. Uh, at this time, I'll take a motion to suspend to adapt the balance of the agenda other than 9, 16, 17, 23, 24, and 28. Aldrin Revere? So moved. Is there a second? There is. This not debatable on suspension. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion to suspend is carried. The motion to adapt those items. as to the recommendations made on 1 through 8, 10 through 15, 18 through 22, 25 through 27. And I'll note we do have a registration supporting be able to answer questions from Barry Orton, the chair of the Broadband Subcommittee on 26. Alderman Brevere. Thank you. I move to adopt
4: agenda items 1 through 8, uh, 10 through 15, 18 through 22, and 25,
0: 26, and 27. Is there a second? Second. Motion is second on the issues of discussion. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you all very much. Uh, And now we will take up Item 9. Alderman Revere. Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. Motion to second. Discussion, Alderman Revere. Thank you. I have a question for Human Resources Department. Uh.
4: Hi. Thank you. I just want to make it clear, my question and my separation has nothing to do with the incumbent affected by the resolution. I hadn't, I don't recall ever seeing an effective date that is so many months prior to consideration by policymakers. Mm -hmm. could you explain and and I know that the memo uh, the last paragraph of the memo says that the rationale is that this should have been at the October personnel board etc can you elaborate on that please and why we're making an exception here and is it precedent setting
1: yep so this is a unique situation we had a um, incumbent told by a supervisor that his Study would be on a um, personnel board following another position in the department, um, and there was no study being taken place at the time. So, due to that reasoning, we are looking at backdating the position study. So, again, the supervisor told the employee that we were working on your study and that it would be on a personnel board following another position that was in the department that was recently reclassified. Um, it was not being studied, and due to the employee. F- being told that he was having the position studied, we just, we were looking to retro um, the reclassification. So this would be a very unique situation. We This doesn't come up. This hasn't come up ever in, in my five years and in the eight years that Mike Lipsky has been here. Um, it's a unique situation.
4: Well, I have to say that all the years I've been here,
1: mm-hmm.
4: I've had many employees come to me confidentially and say, my – I've been told by my supervisor, by my agency division department head, that your position is being studied, it will be studied, and they don't hear anything for months or even a year. So how is this any different than all those other employees that have confidentially said to me in the hallway, can you do anything, or what's your advice, Mike, about my reclass languishing, either with my supervisor or with HR?
1: The difference with this one is that the employee was told specifically it would be on the October Personnel Board. So it was not on the October Personnel Board because the study had never been submitted to HR for study. So because of that, because they were told strictly it would be on this personnel board, but it was not being studied at the time, that was our rationale.
4: When did HR receive the request from Metro
1: Transit? Um, Yeah, I've got the Because then it
4: wasn't introduced in November either. It was just introduced at the last council meeting.
1: We received it signed 11
4: 3 I don't mean to prolong this, but I mean it's all over the memo that the supervisor is Mr. Beck and I see he's sitting here. Drew, do you want to help us explain the rationale why we should make an exception that I don't think we've ever made before.
5: Yeah, this was my goof, and uh, I, I was originally trying to get this paperwork submitted at, at about the same time as the other position in our unit, and I kind of didn't. This is essentially it.
4: And you informed the incumbent that it's a done deal, that HR has a, approved his reclass, and... And and he'll be receiving a bonus in the next few weeks?
5: Not quite to that extent, but I did say that that it was in process.
4: Okay. Again, I don't know if this is different than other situations. (laughs) It's just that, uh, okay, I mean, I don't want to dwell on it again. This is nothing against the incumbent whatsoever. I think he does excellent work. I just had never seen anything like this before. And, um, I don't know, I, I'm troubled by the precedent-setting nature of, of post-stating the reclass by several months.
1: I just, I just wanted to say one thing. I mean, it was because it was promised it would be on a certain personnel board. That's the whole rationale with it. So it's one thing for a supervisor to say, we're working on your study, but then to say it's going to be specifically on a personnel board. That was the reasoning behind why we are looking to retro.
4: And again, it was just a miscommunication between Metro and HR, is what you're. No. Yeah,
5: ma- mainly between the the incumbent and me, because he, he thinks he I think he heard that I I said it would be on the October
1: one. HR wasn't aware that the position was being studied. That there was a request to study the position. We found you, out you when we receive received it until November third. Right. 3rd. right. right.
4: So the incumbent's kind of been ins- insisting that he receive this back to October because of your promise, your representation, is what you're saying?
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And your mem- in your memo states that the HR director concurs in this. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. But there's no
4: concern of... Up on the fifth floor, that this is precedent-setting, and it might, you might be seeing this more frequently.
1: We would certainly hope that um, I can't speak on you know what could happen in the future, but this is a very rare. This has never happened before. Um, I wouldn't foresee this happening again. It was just a miscommunication between a manager and employee. Mr. Dr- Mr. Beck is an amazing manager, and there's just some miscommunication.
4: Yes, I, again, I'll say it for now the third time. This is not about the incumbent or about his supervisor, who I also think very highly of. Okay, thank you both.
0: Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you. Motion before us is adoption. Discussion on adoption. Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. All I heard were ayes. Rule that the ayes have it. Motion carries. Item 16, authorizing a no-cost Memorandum of Understanding with Journey Mental Health. Good option. Is there a second? Second. Motion to second. Discussion. Alderman mm-hmm. Revere. I believe it was Alderman Rummel that had the question. Sorry, there. Alderman well, Rummel.
3: Uh, yeah, I just am curious as we, uh, as our police department is expanding into these new skill sets, um, just kind of how it's working. And specifically, I emailed a request to neither of you who are here. So I wish I emailing you both, but. Uh, how are the, the the police people who are in this new unit? How are they being trained? And then what can we expect moving forward? Two questions with now that journey will be kind of in in the in the house as if you will. So
6: let me let me quick talk about the the journey mental health portion of it, and then I'll turn over the training piece to Captain Wheeler, who is uh, now our community outreach uh, commander since. Uh, Captain Roman retired from the city and is now the chief. Today is her first day over at the UW Police Department. Her, sure so started. that's why she's not here today. So, um, so Journey Mental Health uh, is going to be um, providing us two more part time uh, crisis clinicians that will be working embedded within our police department. Um, one will be designated uh, east of the square and working out of the North District. So they will be responsible for most things east and north and then the other one will be working out of the west district and responsible basically for anything that happens west of the square. Sarah who is our current clinician will stay in the central district and they obviously uh, and she's part time as well they'll obviously be able to go anywhere in the city. I don't have their exact work hours yet but They're both all three of them will be, remain part time um, but it's Last year's uh, program, having Sarah uh, on board, was extremely uh, well-received, not only by the officers in the department, by uh, the citizens in the the community, the the family members of people who uh, have had mental health crises, um, and so on and so forth. So this has been something we're very excited about. We were thrilled that Journey was willing uh, and interested in... um, adding additional people at zero cost to the city. And so we're looking to get an MOU uh, uh, signed um, uh, as long as you guys approve it. And uh, I'll then turn it over to uh, Captain Wheeler. And we did bring um, Sergeant Sarah Shinko, uh, who is also responsible for a lot of the training. So I'm actually going to just sit right over here and let her come on up so she can speak specifically about the types of training, because she's responsible for a lot of that for our department. Do you want
7: to speak to anything at the start? Sure. Well currently there's not like a basic academy for the mental health officers, but there is an expectation that they will attend a critical incident um, training and also that they will do um, mental health first aid courses and this a take course you know over the period of a year. Also, what they do every Tuesday, there's a meeting with all the mental health officers and our crisis worker, and they just go over cases, best practices, what they're seeing, and you know, with the um, experienced mental health officers that are in there, you know, that, um, that information is being passed on to the newer officers.
3: So is that being codified anywhere, or is it kind of
7: learning as we go? Well, we're still new, so, right, know. you know, um, we have a little bit here that we're trying to codify and also what we need to do to bring people on board, but it's not soup yet. Uh,
8: we are uh, in great need of a supervisor, a direct line supervisor. Um, I've written a proposal for the supervisor position. And um, although the full-time mental health officers have done an extraordinary job um, without direct supervision, they've had a captain uh, directing them um, when possible. Um, But this is the only unit in our department that I'm knowledgeable of that doesn't have a direct line supervisor being able to um, synthesize the information coming through, divvy up the work properly, and give them appropriate supervision. So once we have that in place, um, it will be much easier to codify Um, The different trainings um, ensure that the full-time mental health officers um, are up to speed on the absolute best practices uh, nationwide, Um, and I believe we're very much at the forefront of this process and the fact of where we are right now, Um, but this is just scratching the surface and what they could do. One of my responsibilities has been um, uh, to lead the mental health liaison group. We've met once uh, per month. The mental health officers uh, come to those meetings, um, and we've had every almost – almost every month, um, somebody from the community to come in and speak to us about um, topics. For instance, uh, uh, Meritor Meritor Adolescent uh, Juvenile Psychiatry um, came to one of our uh, meetings recently, UW Emergency Room and Meritor Emergency Room uh, representatives to... ensure that we're working as best we can back and forth with the social workers at the ERs. Um, Christopher Cole through the UW uh, Threat Intervention Services at UW um, in terms of identifying ways that they identify different people who may pose a threat um, which sometimes can encompass uh, folks with mental health issues and so forth. I I could go on for a long time but I want to know what you would like directly
3: from me. I just want to know that we are training you know, that they're getting, you know, they're building their capacity, as you say, and that, um, I don't want to go to an anecdotal level because I would, but I think some of us are thinking of an anecdotal example. And so I just want to make sure that the, the people that are in those positions are, are getting training and, you know, over time they will be you know, better at their jobs at, in this skill set. And then the mm-hmm. second and last piece <coughs> is, you know, Captain Roman did an annual report, and I assume that that will be continued.
7: Yes, I, I hope to continue
3: Thank that. you. And, and I'm really excited about this proposal, too. I mean, I think we need this, so chops and kudos to you.
0: Alderman McKinney.
9: Thank you very much. Um, I was late, but this is the one item that I specifically wanted to speak to because I've seen it in operation. Um, early Sunday morning, a mother called because her 20 three-year-old son, a very aggressive, low-functioning, definite mental health issues. Three police cars showed up, and the mother was pleading. She said, when you see him, he's not aggressive. He might have clenched fists. He's disoriented. And please, please. And the officer who was in charge was so very patient with the mother and collected all kinds of information and descriptions of the son and uh, went out looking for him. Eventually, 30 minutes later, they found him, but was able to talk him down. And, and her fear was is that they would really come full force with this young man who was low-functioning and definitely had mental health issues, but they were very patient with him, talked him down, uh, brought him back into a same place where he was safe and so I was so very pleased with the training and the patience that was exercised by that team because it certainly w- could have gotten out of control had they approached him in a different way but they did not and so I, I, I did see that in action and I really want to thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy that you were able to uh, uh,
6: have somebody tell you that they had an excellent experience. Our our officers, even in our pre-service academy, receive an extensive amount of training when it comes to um, how to handle people in the mental health crisis. And uh, our mental health officers are the people that put some of that on, um, and they actually provide that training Uh, for other law enforcement officers, the CIT model, our our mental health officers, and uh, some of our officers that have now gotten promoted are responsible for putting that on so that other law enforcement agencies can benefit from that kind of knowledge um, and training. So this is something that uh, I'm thrilled to hear that there's um, good experience and then going back to this resolution, having the journey mental health people embedded in the department help us so that we can respond with their expertise uh, when they're working. Um, when, if it's not a crisis but we have families contact our department saying they're concerned about their loved one, that they're exhibiting some crisis, the mental, uh, our mental health officers and now we'll have three journey uh, mental health crisis clinicians working with us can actually proactively go out and assist the family and meet with the person who's uh, undergoing some pr- um, crises, um, even before it resonates to a, a 911 call for us to, to um, have to respond in, in, a, in, a, in a critical incident kind of situation. So this is a, an exciting time. It's uh, relatively new, but we're looking forward, we, uh, and we see this as something that's a, a considered a best practice, and uh, look forward to having your support on, on expanding uh,
8: journey
7: Mental Health uh, assistance with us within the department. Yeah. If I may, I can give you some numbers here. From March 1st of 2016 to July 26, 2016, our um, crisis worker has been involved in 392 service calls. Um, I could break it down for commitment, pick up, return, about four, emergency detention evaluation, six, as far as a field response, which includes active call for service, responding to a phone call, or anything else that's um, mental health related, 24. As far as follow-up, which includes phone calls, emails, background in contact with support staff or care providers, 304. And for joint outreach and response, 54. And that's our proactive stuff. So in those short months, amount of time, 392. Times has this person been involved with us in mental health related um, issues? Aldrin
0: Eskridge.
10: Thank you. Um, I'm reminded that I've had a constituent who's been asking me to ask you all, and since you're here, I will ask you. Um, Often her point to me is that um, epilepsy gets confused with mental health crisis and wondered if there's any training in seizures and seizure disorders that's given to these mental health officers to help distinguish, and she mentioned specifically, since we're talking about partnerships with the community, that UW has a fantastic program and so collaboration. It sounds like you're doing some great collaboration, but perhaps collaborating with their um, programs could be beneficial for the officers. So if that's not already incorporated in training, which is my question, it um, might be a good group to reach out to. What I,
8: what I could speak to is that we certainly, um, when we're delivering the information to the pre-service academy, we definitely uh, preface everything with we're not there to um, have you be able to diagnose, mm-hmm. whether it's physical or mental health, um, but we give them tools to be able to navigate through that those questioning um, to determine if it's a physical um, issue or a mental health issue or, or something like that. So certainly any additional information um, is always uh, important and I'll certainly see what we can do. Do you have a contact person for that? I
10: can try to get one
8: for her. That would be very sure helpful. I, yes. Thank you. Um, because uh, certainly anything that presents mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we're um, at the cutting edge of making sure to serve all of our constituents. Um, so, But uh, I would say no. We mm-hmm. don't have that specifically yep. but in generalities we certainly cover that in, in all sorts of trainings that we do. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Anything else? If not, motion before us is adoption. Further discussion. Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. aye. Opposed? no. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Um, item seventeen. Who asked for that?
4: Move adoption.
0: Is there a second? Second. Motion a second. Discussion.
10: I do have some questions. I don't. George's. Are they for you? <laughs> Um, I wondered if this seems like a pretty unique program. I wondered if you could speak a little bit to how it came about the impetus for the funding and the program, um, just so we have a little bit of that background.
2: Yeah, sure thing. Um, So this actually came from a a grant opportunity that was identified by a a consultant we were using or a contractor we were using from public health. Um, So Wholesome Wave, the city is actually part of a, a network within Wholesome Wave that, uh, allows us to take advantage of these funding opportunities. And so um, in conjunction with uh, UW Health and Public Health, uh, the city, uh, Second Harvest, and um, uh, some other community organizations, we were able to um, put together a proposal that allowed for food as medicine incentives to be dispersed to uh, folks that were identified as food secure at the Northeast Family Medical Center. Um, And so really the the, kind of the unique part of this program is that there really is no overhead for the program. So uh, city staff and county staff was was able to take on uh, those responsibilities and allow for $18,000 in direct incentives uh, to go for folks who who were identified as food insecure so they could use um, that money to purchase fresh uh, fruits and vegetables from the Willie Street co-op.
10: Just one follow up. Um, I'll preface this by saying I think this is exciting and exactly where medicine should be moving, so I appreciate that we're on the cutting edge of that. My only concern, and I I think Willie Street Co-op is phenomenal, and we have a vested interest in them succeeding in this location particularly, but was there any consideration of going out to RFP to see if other providers would be interested in participating?
2: That's a great question. So uh, this is really serving as a a pilot program, and uh, as you know, Willie Street Co-op has been – a fantastic community partner. They've, you know, they've gone above and beyond with what they've really had to do. Um, and so we're looking at this as a way, especially on the north side at a new location in a place where a void was created when Pierce's uh, shut down, mm-hmm. as a way to um, provide innovative or unique options for folks to, to really access fresh fruits uh, and vegetables, especially of the high quality that the Willie Street Co-op um, provides. And so, again, it's not its not so much that those other opportunities are not available moving forward, but we saw this as, you know, it's a relatively small grant amount. Um, and so we're seeing it serve about 150 to 175 people with $120 in vouchers over the course of six months. And so, again, it, it is serving as a pilot and as a way for us to explore how it could potentially work in other parts of the city, at other clinics with other retail uh, partners.
6: Thank you. Yep.
0: Further discussion? Seeing none, thank you very much, George. All those in favor will come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to item 23. Okay.
4: All in I move adoption of the
0: agenda items 23 and 24. Motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion is a second on 23 and 24. And uh, thank you. As Mr. O'Keefe anticipated coming
4: forward. Thank you, Jim. Uh, before I get to 2023 20, and 24, I do want to compliment uh, your office for um, trying to use uh, as much plain English uh, explanation as possible mm. for the somewhat confusing new HUD guidance on CDBG funds. So uh, I had to read those resolutions more than once, but I think I got it. So thank you, <laughs> to your, to uh, I think it was Sue Morrison for that. So as it relates to the, the new uh, continuum of care coordinator, obviously something that we're very – Excited about my only question why I had you sitting here the last few minutes is when we adopted the HR resolution, of course, in the last few months, it was uh, set up as clearly as an LTE position. And then I noticed in the, the two resolutions and, and uh, attachments to those that, that LTE isn't mentioned at all. And so I was curious, is this clearly still a limited-term employment position and uh, – I presume it is, but then the follow-up question would be, what are the uh, odds that HUD would continue uh, in this perhaps unknown atmosphere in Washington we're entering into? What do you think the odds are that we would continue to be successful in receiving the HUD grant in future years?
5: So the answer to your first question is that, yes, it is indeed an LT position. It's contingent upon the um, continued availability of, of that HUD funding source. I can tell you that Uh, The odds of um, that funding continuing for a second year are 100%. We've received notification um, about our 2016 application that that this funding has been approved, so this is at least a two-year position. Uh, Beyond that is anybody's guess.
4: Excellent. That's great news. And where are you in recruitment?
5: We are in the final stages of recruitment. Um, We have a, a final interview Um, final and second interview scheduled this week. Um, We have um, used, in addition to city staff, we have used um, representatives from the Homeless Services Consortium Board of Directors in that first interview. There will be a representative from that group in the second interview as well. Um, We'll take our, I don't know that I'll call it, recommendation because it is the city's position, the city's hiring decision, but we'll go back to the the full board and advise them of our choice um, before we make that hire final.
4: That's great. Thank you. Thanks very much.
0: Further questions? Seeing none. On the question, then, thank you very much, Jim. Come to a vote. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you. At this time, we'll take up 28. Uh, motion, Alderman Verveer. Thank you, Mayor.
4: Uh, I move that the Board of Estimates go into closed session pursuant to sections 19.85 sub 1 sub E and 19.85 sub 1 sub G with Wisconsin statutes, which read as follows Deliberating or negotiating the purchasing of public properties, the investing of in public funds, or conducting other specified business whenever competitive or bargaining reasons require a closed session. And conferring with legal counsel by the governmental body who is rendering oral or written advice concerning strategy to be adopted by the body with respect to litigation in which it is or is likely to become involved. The Board of Estimates does convene in closed session upon completion of the closed session. Notice is hereby given that it may reconvene in open session to consider the item without waiting 12 hours pursuant to Wisconsin Statute Section 19.85 Sub 2.
0: Thank you. We'll have to have a roll call vote on this. All those in favor, aye. Opposed, no. We'll call the roll.
10: Eskridge? Aye. McKinney? Aye.
2: Rama, Aye. Revere? Aye. Wood? Aye. Soglin?
0: Um, I don't vote on these, but thank you. Unanimous aye vote. Uh, We're going to a closed session at this time. So if you guys can dismantle the video and the audio. Good? Okay. We're back in session. Alderman Prevere. Thank you, Mayor.
4: I don't think we have anything to report for the last agenda item following our conversation, so I simply move to adjourn.
0: Is there a second? second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We are adjourned.
10: Almost in